Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Matthew chapter 28, starting with verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I've got a couple more, but... Well, let's, let's pray again, and, and I'll, I'll let you be seated. Once again, Jesus, as we're, as we're getting into your word, Jesus, this divine word, your heartbeat, even your manual for us, huh. Jesus, Lord, I'm just praying that you'll continue to move us and stir us and, and even heal us, Lord, that you'll continue to transform our minds, Jesus. That you'll heal our minds, Jesus, that they would continue to, that our hearts and our minds would continue, Lord, to, to come into, to close heartbeat with your heartbeat and with, with your principles and your precepts and concepts of your word, Jesus. Lord, may we be in agreement with these principles. May we be in agreement with these promises tonight. Lord, this is a place of faith, and I feel faith in the house tonight. So in the name of Jesus, let that faith increase, Lord. Lord, let it increase, Jesus. Speak your words of life tonight, God. And in Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. A couple things i got to point out along the way. Verse 17, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but there were some that doubted. I, I, I think perhaps at times we all are those some that worshipped. And I think perhaps at times we can all identify with those who doubted. Amen? Amen. Verse 18, Jesus' words, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Somehow what God accomplished, what Jesus accomplished here on earth, all dominion, all power, all authority is now his and his alone. Amen? And then he commissions us, all of us, each and every one of us, go, and when you break it down, it's go, it's teach, it's baptize, and then it's, in verse 20, teach. So you have the four parts of the commission. Go, teach, convert, and teach. Right? Very clearly in Scripture. This is God's pattern for you and for me. Amen. The next verse I want to look at is Acts chapter 1. So God gives a commission, and then God not only gives the instruction, but he enables or gives us the authority, the power to accomplish what he's charged us with. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. 
Anyone here received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? We've received power when we were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There is the Spirit of God that rests within us. It may just be a portion. I don't know how you look at it. It may just be uh, the, the earnest of our inheritance, a part. But that same power over everything in heaven and in earth now is within you. Amen? And the reason why? And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The reason for the dunamis power, the Holy Ghost, is to be a witness. So we are empowered to be a witness. Absolutely. And, and it wasn't original with me. I love it. I'll say it over and over and over again. We get saved, we stay saved, and we save someone else. It's God's pattern. And God has pro given the provision, the authority, and the power to accomplish that in our lives. Amen. Acts chapter 2 and verse 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This is all-inclusive. All-inclusive. Joel chapter 2 and 28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. This is God's will for us. God has empowered us to do so. He's given us everything we need to accomplish this charge of the Great Commission. Amen? And, and it's interesting because I, I really didn't intend or I, it wasn't in my mind as, as God's laid this on my heart for a few weeks. I didn't realize until I got towards the end where it was going and then I realized it, it's really just flowing right along with what's been spoken over the last week here. Starting with, with Pastor Coral and, and speaking about, you know, Ezekiel chapter 34, which is like my go-to chapter. And, and it's a rebuke, but it lays out so clearly that what, what the pastor's charge is, very clearly. And, and, and I've shared that with you before, but the charge was laid last, last Wednesday night. And, and it's all about reaching and, and, and reaching the lost and reaching those who've wandered. Amen? And then somehow Pastor Kylie ends up coming along behind that and ends up talking about better homes and better gardens, right? And I'm like, oh, God, you are so good. I'll just tag off of that then. I didn't see it coming, but here, here it goes. That last scripture, Joel in the last days I will pour out my, it shall come to pass that afterward I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. If God has empowered us to accomplish this task of the commission, right? And, and God's part is already done. It's as if it already were. A God who isn't caught or limited in time or space, when he speaks it, when he 
Uh, when God speaks a word, that word will go forth and it will accomplish what God purposed for it to accomplish. And do you realize if we place ourselves within God's plan, in that commission, it doesn't need to be a question for us. It doesn't need to be a concern for us. Is God going to? Is God going to heal someone? Is God going to fill someone? Is God going to show up? It's already happened in God's mind's eye, if you will. It's just waiting on us to participate in the realm of faith. We'll get there. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. You know what would be the most tragic thing? Because you think about what this is saying. And I've heard this said before. This isn't original with me. But, but the old men dream dreams. They dream of better days or days gone by. What they accomplished. Right? And the young men, they see visions. Why? Because they still got the strength and the zeal to make it happen. What would be the most tragic thing for Christians, born again believers, would be that we would dream Dreams of visions that we never realized. Just think about that for a second. It would be most tragic to dream dreams of unrealized visions. Have you ever had a dream? Have you ever had a, uh, have you ever felt like perhaps you had a calling on your life? Maybe you were at a, a, an incredible camp service or church service somewhere and faith was high and you just felt like taking on the world and perhaps God had laid a charge on your heart and, and, and an anointing on your, on your life. And, and have you ever got to a, a place where it just fell short and you didn't, never quite accomplished those great dreams perhaps you dreamed? Hmm. Maybe even the idea of, of winning souls. Maybe the idea of, of winning family members who are, are still lost and not serving God. Or perhaps even lost children. Maybe I'm touching a little closer to home here. Dreaming of visions we once had. I'll be honest with you for a second. Growing up in the church... There was a time when I believed that growing up in the church and serving God, I would be immune to certain things. Mm-hmm. Find me a godly woman, get married, and certain things are just untouchable. Huh. And then you learn the hard way. No, this is, there's work that goes into this. There's decisions daily that are made. Choose you this day who you will serve, and choose you tomorrow who you will serve, and the next day who you will serve. And, and it's not always an easy thing, but it's a decision that's made day after day after day, or perhaps you make the decision and you never go back on it. But there's times and there's moments where it doesn't seem like everything's going as you once hoped it would. If we're honest, I've been there, and I know you have too. Let me, let me tell you this, though. What we see in Matthew 28 is, it is God's will that we go, teach, and convert. No question about it, right? That's clearly in the word of God. 
We see in Acts 1 that God has empowered and equipped us to do so. And then in Joel and Acts chapter 2, we see that God has already forgiven and filled them. I call it, or perhaps the word calls it, the, the, the term, the joy of the cross. How could it be that, that somehow there was a joy on the cross that Jesus felt, that Jesus knew, that he perceived? It, it was what he knew he was accomplishing and what was made available to every human being. Life in that more abundant healing of the spiritual man, being born of the water and of the spirit. God already saw it. Hmm. It's up to us individually to partake of it through obedience to his word. Amen? So for God, it's as if it already were. Isaiah Chapter 55 and verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void or empty, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. This is God speaking. When he spoke a word, so when he spoke the word, in Joel, or when he spoke the word in Matthew 28, or when he spoke the word in Acts chapter 1, it will be. It shall accomplish. We know these words, the legal aspects of these words. There's a, there's a, a big difference between shall and should. Should, it could be. It's a good idea. Shall is, it's set in stone. It must be. It's God's law. Hmm. That goes out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void or empty. When God speaks the word out that he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, guess what? <laughs> when the word comes back to God, there's going to be the Holy Ghost have been poured out. Because it won't come back empty. It shall accomplish that which I please. Hmm. God would that all would come under repentance, Right? And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. And I love that it's sent because it starts with God sending us. Go. God has sent. God has, God has spoken a word. Go. Do this thing. For us right now, it's just to, to hear and to receive. Huh. But there's going to be instruction to follow. Amen. So stepping into this realm of faith, this realm of faith, let me, let me try this. <laughs> I, I have a fairly vivid imagination. I think it is because we didn't have a TV when I was growing up, and so we had to read books and we had to use our imagination, and, and it had to be a good thing. <laughs> So I have a great imagination, and, and, and so a lot of times as, as you're preparing a sermon, putting it together, and you're reading the Word, and, and it almost feels like, a, like an overload, and, 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 and as, we're, as we're trying to, to present it, uh, it, there may be times when I'm envisioning a certain thing, and it doesn't quite come across the same way. So God, help us tonight. Open up our eyes to see and our hearts to receive. I see the realm of faith, and, and, and my brother said it this way. He said it this way, and, and I'll paraphrase, but it's, it's pretty close. Rob, there's sometimes when I just get a little frustrated in the spirit, and I determine I've just got to baptize someone. 
So I will literally go out into the territory I minister, and I will snatch someone up, and I will baptize them that day. I didn't get it when he told me that. But these things really do happen. There, there are people that actually believe that God is going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And I, I didn't get it then, but I'm a little closer to getting it now. In the realm of faith, I'm starting to realize when Brother Cordell's speaking about, about the Jethers or, or, or those who've, who've strayed, I, I don't know what it looked like for you. I know exactly what it looked like for me. And, and, and what it wasn't was, well, where are they? Who are they? How would I reach them? How would I touch them? Where would I even start? That's, 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 now, now that, that may be something that comes to mind, but it's not in the realm of faith. Let me tell you what went through my mind. Oh, my Lanta. Which one do I reach for first? Oh, where, 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 do, I, the where do I start is, which one do I start with? I don't have enough time to reach them all because names start flooding to my mind right away. I'm only just getting started. I love saying this all the time. I tell God this in my prayer all the time, God. Okay, I wasted lots of years, but God, I'm going to give you the best of what I have left. And so you know what? At this point now, I'm going to reach for every single one of them. I'm going to do what I can. I might have to move some things around. There's too many of them in the realm of faith. Another question outside of the realm of faith may look something like, well, are they really interested? Can I tell you something? They're all interested. They all need Jesus. Not a one of them is not interested. They're looking for everything else they can possibly find. They just, they just don't quite get it yet. And so in the realm of faith, when my brother says, you know what, I'm going to go snatch one up and baptize him. He's saying it's not a hard thing because it's true what God said. The harvest is white. It's ready to pluck. It's everywhere we turn. You realize God has empowered us to believe this. You realize you can reach any one of them you want to reach. In the realm of faith. Oh, I'll come back to that realm. I, I'm picturing like a big bubble with a zipper you climb inside of. And inside of there, anything can happen because God's in there. <laughs> and God's calling them and God's drawing them. I, I, I believe this. And thank God, I'm going to give you the best of what I have left. Another thing, I, I got to get back to saying these things. Because sometimes doubt comes in. Sometimes we make a mistake and we get knocked down. But there was a time, and it wasn't that long ago, but it was always on my mouth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to snatch them up, and they get in the way. They don't stand a chance. Hmm? Am I right? And you know what happened? It's going back a couple of years. Not a one of them got away. They didn't stand a chance. And it's not anything I'm doing. I'm just realizing God saying, you know what, I want them. In the realm of faith... It don't matter what their immediate response is. That don't matter to me. I'm not walking by what I see or by what I feel. I know they need Jesus. I know God wants them. And I just happen to, to believe, hey, I may just do some planting. And even if it doesn't hit right now, someone else may come back and do some watering. But God's going to bring the increase. And let me just mess up my whole sermon. 
Even Isaac got this. Philistines come along and they fill in all the wells that, that Abraham had dug. Isaac goes and he digs out a well. You know what? When you're reaching for someone that you know you can snatch up because God's given you the power, the dominion, and the authority to do so, huh, Isaac starts digging a well that the Philistines filled up that his father had, had once dug. Finds water. Philistines don't like it. They come, and I think the first time, it wasn't in my notes. I think the first time they might have buried it. I don't remember. So what did he do? In the realm of faith, you don't just give up. You go right again to the next spot, the next location. You snatch the next one up. I started there. It wasn't ready. God knows it don't matter. I'm going to keep digging because I've been empowered. I've been given a charge, and I'm going to snatch one up. Amen? Digs another well. Philistines don't like it. So what do they do? They come and they take it from them. That one had springing water, running water. Oh, that could preach. Pretty sure it does. Did Isaac stay there and fight and contend with them? You know what? I'll move to the next one. I'm going to dig another well. Because you know what? Someone's going to come behind at some point. And I think if we dig deep into the word, there's probably something very powerful about that springing well. I haven't gotten that far yet. I'll go to another one. I'm going to snatch another one up. Because in this realm of faith, huh, they're not going to get away. And... He digs well, finds water, and there he stays. Digging wells. Wasn't in the notes. Help me, Jesus. God has empowered us to do this. The realm of faith or the realm of doubt. Which viewpoint, what perspective are we looking at it from? And I say, which one am I going to snatch up first? And I know they all want Jesus. Hmm. Outside the realm of faith. And inside the realm of faith, inside the realm of faith, we're being in agreement with God. We're in agreement with his word. Outside of the realm of faith, there's only questions and concerns. I'm trying to follow my notes. Genesis chapter 18, 9 through 15. You can turn there if you want. Yeah, let's turn there. We'll see what we've got to watch out for. God has made a promise to Abraham, just like he's written in his word and made us promises in his word and God has made a promise to Abraham that he's going to make him a father of many nations when God says something it's as if it already were it's just a matter of time it is just a matter of time I'll say it again so shall the word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So, chapter 18 and verse 9. And they said unto him, this is the, the three angels of the Lord, where is Sarah thy wife? And, and he said, behold, in the tent... And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure? Shall uh, my Lord be old also? 
And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? It's only two chapters before this that Sarah got low in faith. And Sarah made a crucial error. Sarah bought into a lie that she wasn't able to conceive. Sarah bought into the lie that someone else needs to do the childbearing. Hmm. No one else needs to do the childbearing. God has empowered you and God has empowered me. It doesn't need to be someone else that snatches up the Jethers. God has empowered you and God has empowered me. And Sarah didn't realize it. Hmm. You see, Sarah, knowing she had made a devastating mistake in the natural realm of doubt, unknowingly in the realm of faith, her mistake was mocking her miracle. Think about it. Her mistake was mocking her miracle. To the point where she's laughing at the voice of God. Somewhere in in between uh, chapter 16 and chapter 18 in the middle of 17, God revisits Abraham again and reassures Abraham, Sarah's going to have a son. You're going to call his name Isaac. And he's going to be the promised one. And Abraham is struggling a little bit with it. Well, well what, about, what about Ishmael? Okay, God says, I'll bless him too. It goes right back, the very next verse. Abraham, you're going to have a son with Sarah, and his name is going to be Isaac. And it's him that the promise is going to come through. You see, Sarah didn't believe it. And she couldn't. Because she knew she had made a devastating mistake somewhere along the way. And she didn't have the faith to believe in the miracle. And there was a mocking that went along with it. I've got an answer for that mocking spirit. Hmm. And along the way, turn with me if you would to Acts chapter 16. But let me tell you this. God will never consult your past when he's determining your future. No. God has already spoken a word. And at any moment, you can grab a hold of it in faith and you can move forward in your calling. At any moment in time, you can grab a hold of this promise of the commission in faith and you can start snatching up your neighbor, your family member, your loved one. At any point in time, we can realize, wait a second, I am empowered to do so. I'm no longer going to buy into the mistake. I'm no longer going to allow that to mock my miracle. And the miracle is birth. It's life. It's redemption. It's healing virtue. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. And it's God's will. Hmm. This is right at our fingertips. Right at our fingertips. Acts chapter 16. 
I'm going to try and catch up with you. It's interesting. It's interesting the way God works. Lord, help us to be in agreement with your word. Help us to be in agreement with your word. 16 and verse 16, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, these men are the servants of the most high God, which show unto us the way of salvation. We read the next verse, it's very clear. She's not announcing them with excitement. She's mocking them. The spirit of divination is mocking Paul, perhaps Luke, the men that are with them. And the point here is, God doesn't leave us without instruction. Just remember, we're born again. We're joint heirs with Christ. We're no longer bound by the chains of sin. We no longer serve the God of this world. We serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The one who has all dominion, all authority, all power in heaven and in earth. That same spirit is in us. Amen. We've been commissioned. We've been empowered. Amen. Here's the answer. And it kind of blows me away. And this in verse 18, and this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. So this is what I get out of it. The answer to the taunting spirit is to speak to the taunting spirit. Mm -hmm. And command it to be loosed. You do realize, and I hope this is okay, we do have this authority. You do realize this (laughs) all power in heaven and in earth, right? Referring back to Matthew 18, 18. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And the next verse, two or more in agreement. Agreements with the word of God. I'm in the word of God here. I'm speaking words of faith. This is God's word. And so the answer is to speak to, whether it be that mistake, that's mocking, or whatever it may be. You have no more dominion. You have no more authority. I'm loosing myself from it. And I'm okay with this because Abraham did the same thing. It seemed brutal in scripture, but it's there for a reason. He loosed himself from the mistake and he bound himself to the miracle, Isaac, right? Did he not take Ishmael and he loosed himself from Ishmael and from Hagar and he bound himself to Sarah and to Isaac, the promise, the miraculous, the, the miracle. So we have an example in scripture what this means. We need to use our mouth. We need to speak. Life and death is in the tongue, right? It's what he did. And and, and a couple things I got to point out. I almost said it. (laughs) 
They were on their way to prayer. And the same following, Paul and us crying, saying, these men are, let's move on. They were on their way to prayer. They were in the will of God. They were going. They were sent. Amen? All right, so. To be loosed just like Abraham. Loosed Isaac. Or uh, loosed from Ishmael. Let's speak this again. It is God's will that we go, teach, convert, and teach. It is that God has empowered us and equipped us to do so. And it is that God has already forgiven and filled them. Lord, help us to move forward in faith. Next thing I want to look at is is some spiritual tells. Uh, And we see this. uh, Let's look at Acts chapter chapter 4. And so this is right right after... um, Peter and John, they're going to the temple and, and they come across the lame man and, and they, they, they pray for the lame man, they heal the lame man. And, and it's amazing to me because this is like right at the beginning of the whole outpouring of the Holy Ghost and, and, and the beginning of the, the church age and, and just following shortly after Calvary and what God set in motion. And, and we see a tell here. So, as Peter and John are, are hauled before the council, some Pharisees and the ruler of the, the temple and, and such, they ask the question, by whose authority and what name did you do this? Huh. And so, Peter and John's response is, by the name of Jesus. Right? 4 and verse 10. Be it known unto you all that, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Now, the tell... The tell is what happens next, the response. But, but there's nothing really more important than the name, right? The, there's no other name under heaven given by where we must be saved. The name of Jesus is crucially important. I mean, even baptism outside of the name, huh, it's missing the mark. The, the mighty God in Jesus Christ, his name, Jesus it's everything. It's so important. And so it's amazing how right from the beginning there's an attack on the name. The response of the priest, it wasn't, oh, don't heal anyone. It wasn't, don't speak doctrine. It wasn't, don't even fill them with the Holy Ghost. It wasn't any of that. The response was, don't speak in that name. Right? Verse 15 and verse 18. But when they had commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. I don't know why they'd want to, but they did. 
But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. Hmm. Comes right at the name. Now, I only mention that to to show a pattern of, of how the adversary will come against the important things, right? So, so, if you think about it, the devil's reeling at this point. He somewhat saw it coming, but I don't think he really saw the whole thing coming. And next thing you know, and just like I believe Brother Cordell saying, he doesn't even have the keys to his own home anymore, right? Didn't see that coming. <laughs> and so I think all of hell is reeling a little bit. But as they catch their, <laughs> their sulfurous breath, if you will, they come right back at the biggest thing they could come at, and that's the name, doctrinally speaking. But now I want to look at a pattern thing that they come back, that they come at next. And it's the place. It's the place. Acts chapter 2 and 46. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and with singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now, now, they continue daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread house to house. So, so I already read, watch the whole thing, and we read Mark chapter 2 and verse 1, right? Jesus comes back to Capernaum, Right? And it's really interesting, if you read that in multiple versions of the Bible, it kind of, and I never saw this before, it sounds like it was his house, where at least the house he stayed in. Go ahead and look it up. He was in his house, the place he stayed in. He was home, one version says, of the Bible. Jesus is home. And when the noise is spread abroad, people just start coming because they hear that Jesus is there. But he was in his home. He was in his home. Turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 8. And Saul was consenting unto his death. It's speaking of the death of of Stephen, the first martyr in the church, right? Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Where do you think that persecution focused at? It wasn't in the temple. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial in verse 2 and made great lamentation over him. Verse 3, as for Saul, he made havoc in the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committing them to prison. And it starts to jump out at me. There's a pattern that we're seeing, and there's a reason why it's in the Bible. It's because powerful things happen in the home. The home, the better homes and the better guards, there's an important thing that happens in the home. This is what I love about home Bible studies. Because nothing that I know of, nothing I can think of, fits the apostolic pattern better than the home Bible studies. I, I, I couldn't be in any more agreement and with pa- Pastor Kylie about this. It's where it's at. 
It's in the home. It's where you're breaking bread. It's where you're ministering in the spirit and in the word. It's where you're literally snatching people out. Can I tell you, it's literally where you're breaking chains. Can, can I tell you, it's literally where, where the chains break, and then, then but, but, but they're not totally free yet. And it's where, it's where God miraculously in the spiritual realm starts to bring them out of bondage, loosen them from guards. <laughs> oh, yeah. The home. The home. Let me say it again. It is God's will that we go, teach, convert, and teach. God has empowered us and equipped us to do so, and God has already forgiven and filled them. It's just a matter of reaching and snatching them up. And there's nothing that can stop you. There's nothing that can stop you. There's nothing that can hold them back. Okay, here we go. Acts chapter 12. What does this look like in the realm of faith? Acts chapter 12. Now I want to remind you, well, let's, let's discuss it this way. It may be that everything that's in the Bible is there as 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I believe it is, tells us that these things happened for our example. Mentions it like three times. It may be that those examples are only for line upon line, detail by detail examples. Meaning, maybe it only applies to us if it happens to us just like it happened to them. Every single detail being exactly the same. Or it could be that God is showing us principles of his word and that we can see things that happened in the natural and we can see spiritual applications from it. I just happen to believe that. So if that's right, with that frame of mind, Acts chapter 12 and verse 11 And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all hmm, the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying, where? In their home. What were they doing? Ministering in the word and in the spirit. Now, now just follow me on this. As a principle, a spiritual principle, and I'll walk you through it, we'll read it. What happened to Peter had nothing to do with Peter. Matter of fact, I, I have a feeling that Peter was in a place of doubt through it all. And, and I'll, I'll go back and, and, and let's read it again. And when he had considered the thing. No, nope, back up. 11. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, now I know of a surety. Can, can I just tell you? <laughs> this is no different than whether it be Jethers, whether it be those who've wandered, or those who are lost. No difference. When they come to themselves, they start to realize something. Well, wait a second. There's an awareness that wasn't there before. Uh-huh. This is the way it works. <laughs> There's an awareness. Wait, God was doing something. And where was the source of what happened? 
Well, huh, just happened to be some praying people in a home that were ministering in the word and in the spirit. Now, now watch this. And we're familiar with the story, but look at it through this perspective. We know it all started with Herod taking James and, and, and Peter prisoner, kills James. It pleases the people, but it just happened to be around the feast, so he had to pause for a minute to please the people. Huh. And before he can get to killing Peter, before he can get to killing him, Where do we want to start? Verse 4. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers. That is 16, as we learned in Bible study yesterday. 16 soldiers to, be, to keep him, to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer. I'll say, there are a great many people that are in bonds and in prison, but for prayer. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So it was the church praying. And you know me, I'm, all for, I'm not speaking against the church you know I'm all about prayer in the church. I'm all about being here and coming together. But I'm telling you, there's something about when we get it outside of the walls, when it's something more than just an obligation, when it's something that uh, it has, it's gripped our hearts, it defines who and what we are, it's what God's called us to, and we move forward in a realm of faith. And so that's exactly what's happening here. They weren't at the temple praying. They were in a home praying. Hmm. But prayer was made without ceasing for the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night. Now just, just, just imagine with me. Just, just picture this with me. The chains falling off of the person bound in sin. The, 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 the backslider, the, the jether, the wanderer, captivated by the world, by Egypt. When he would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Uh, give me a little bit of liberty here. There's a few spirits that just happen to be surrounding them, kind of oppressing them perhaps. Bound with two chains. Oh, but for the prayer oh, that's happening in the home, but for the studying of the word and the people being united in prayer in one accord. The chains, huh, bound with two chains, the, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. Why? But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. You realize there's power in our prayer. So when we're stepping into that realm of faith, and I'm almost done, but i got to step back into my bubble for a second. When we're in that realm of faith, praying, realizing, I'm going to snatch one up. There's nothing that's going to stop me. And there may just be a pause for a moment, then all right, I'll move on to the next. Because there's plenty of them out there to reach, and I'm going to snatch one of them up because it's God's will. He's called us to go. He's called us to teach. He's called us to convert, bring back whatever. He's called us to teach and lead them again. He's empowered us to do so. 
It is his will. He's already filled them. He's already brought them back. He's already forgiven them. He's just waiting for us to get enough faith to, you know what? Oh, I'm irritated a little bit. I got to do something about it, and I'm going to snatch one up. The irritation was a reference to Paul. (laughs) I'm not irritated. (laughs) And I'm out of time. You realize what happens in the prayer as I close. The power that God has put within us. What we can impart, what we can speak, what we can do. You can do this. You can do this. It's not that difficult. And if you don't feel like uh, it's a bridge too far, just practice. When you move from that, that, that's, that first well to the next one, you're practicing. And that's all right. Because God's going to go ahead and God's going to bless it. God's going to bless the words you speak. Because they're his words. You're going to speak his words. If they're going to have any effect, they're going to be his words. You're going to speak his words of redemption and healing and forgiveness. And they're going to accomplish what he wants them to accomplish. Amen. It won't come back void. And so here's what happens. The angel comes saying in verse 7. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison can kind of see now where they couldn't see before. Eyes are being opened. <laughs> There's revelation and a little bit of truth that's starting to, to come into the unbeliever's eyes. It's what's happening. And he smote Peter in the side. Oh, they felt some discomfort. A little bit of conviction, maybe. Huh? Do you see it? This is what is going to happen. This is what God is doing already. You're praying already. God's already doing the work. You just keep on reaching. You keep on snatching them up. You stay in the realm of faith. You don't buy into the lie that you're too old or that, that it never happened. God took too long. No, no. God promised it. It's coming. And it's going to come through your hands. Amen. Because you're his hands and his feet. Smote him inside saying, rise up quickly. And the chains, the chains fell off of his hands. And the angel said unto him, gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And he did so. Huh? I, I'm, I'm cool with this one. You'll see him start to put some clothes on, perhaps where they needed to be covered. There's a little bit of change going on because something's changing in the heart. Oh, oh God, help us. Put some clothes on. And he did. And he said to him, cast thy garments about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And wist not. He didn't know that it was even true. I've heard that one. Why am I even here? How many times have we heard it? Why am I even here? Why? Because I told you. You get here and you get here six times. You use, it works out there. I don't use it here a little bit because they stole it from here anyways. Plagiarized it. Come here six times. (laughs) Eight times in coming back to church on a Sunday morning. I don't know why I'm here. I don't, is this even real? Twelve times in. Way past the sixth mark. Still coming. Why am I even here? I don't even know it yet. It's all right. God's doing a work. The chains are falling off. There's just a little bit more deliverance that needs to happen. Don't worry. God's got this. It's going to happen. And the angel, gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. He went out, followed him, and was not. Verse 10. And when they were past the first ward, guess what? 
they're still in the process of being delivered. They're still not out of, they're not out of the woods yet or out of the prison house yet. The chains have already fallen. This is, soul work is slow work after all. Hmm. That's all right. That's why the second part of the teach is there. This doesn't happen just uh, getting them to repent and get refilled or filled with the Holy Ghost. Your work has only just begun at that point. Uh-huh. Now you've got some mentoring to do. Because there's some understanding that needs to be gained. I am so out of time. I'm so sorry. Hey, we're right there. <sighs> Cast him. First guard was not that was true. He went past the first. And then the second ward. Hey, they're still not out yet. They're still an iron gate. Huh. This was a pretty secure, locked up, tight place. We're living in a time and place when people are really bound. They're inside of iron gates inside of that there's a ward inside of that there's a deeper prison inside of that there's 16 guards guarding over them inside of that they're chained down with two spirits just looking over their shoulders and yet that's nothing to God and that's nothing to a man and a woman of prayer where we're speaking in prayer and we're speaking to what once taunted us and saying no more not buying into the lie uh, I've been empowered I've been commissioned and I'm going to reach and I'm going to snatch them up ain't nothing going to stop me and nothing can hold them back hmm. let's stand oh you ever get done and you're like, I can't wait to re-preach this one? Do a better job next time? I don't even feel like I did a bad time. I, a bad job, I just, I just don't have enough time. Oh, but I love the word. Oh, I love the word. I had a few more scriptures. We read the end. By the time he gets out and he comes to himself and he's like, whoa. Just a, a shadow of the man he once was. I know we're talking about Peter, but come on. You can see the spiritual application here. Right? Amen. Oh my, God is so good. God has empowered you. We just need to step into that spiritual, that realm of the spirit. Oh, get out of the realm of doubt. And I'll just finish with the, the song. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. Hmm. <laughs> Man, there's power in our prayer. We have no idea what God's doing behind the scenes. But he's doing it. I have no doubt about it. God's doing it. We've been commissioned. We've been empowered. And God's mind is already done. All right, Jesus. I gave the word. Once again, Jesus. Mm hmm. Even in this heart, even in this mind, continue to trans. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org. At